Hello, everybody out there. This is your favourite pastor, Pastor Iris. Lisa, I was your favourite pastor yesterday. I don't know what's going to happen after today, or if I still will be, but we've got some pretty good discussion going on here in the studio. So we'd like to copy everybody in. And to do that, we've got, again, our very own Pastor Solomon Wilson. Hi, Solomon. Hello. Hello, Pastor Iris. Good. Oh, bless you. It's good yeah. to see your smiling face again. Um, Praise God. Yeah, I I think we've uh, we you've hung, we we you have uncovered a very good subject to to speak on today. So mm. I'm not going to say too much about it. I'm going to just let you and the Holy Spirit lead in on that and just mm. see what what transpires. So Amen. listen up, people. Here we go. Amen. Amen. God bless our listeners and, and I, I thank God for the great work that Tenant Radio is doing around the globe. And I believe that it will continue to make an impact across the nations. And so if you are tuning in listening, I want you to let your friend know as a wonderful radio is, is a platform that the voice of God is heard, is a platform uh, that the scriptures are, the, uh, are, are talked about in a very frank way under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so, um, like what Pastor Ari said, we're going to talk about making a difference with your gift. And we started off talking about the fact that it is very common of late that gifts are being abused. They are used as a source of manipulation of, of the body of Christ. And um, a lot of con congregations are under that kind of um, slavery because of the gift that uh, supposedly the leader or the leaders have. And they are manipulating their congregation, putting fear in them because of the gift that they have and um, not actually making a difference uh, with the gift. And so we're going to go into scripture. We just want to find a basis for um, our talk or our discussion or our study. Matthew chapter 25, 14 to 28. It's, it's a common, um, not common, but a familiar scripture that we are, uh, we are used to. Matthew 25, 14 to 28. We're just going to read that and then we, we form some basis for our talk. So Matthew 25, 14 to 28 says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling into a far country who called his own servant and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, and to another two, and to another one. To every man according to his several, his several ability, and straight away took his journey. Then he then, then he that had received five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two. But the one that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of, of those servants came and reckoned with them. And so he that has received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I've gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well then, thou good and faithful servant, thou hast been faithful over a few. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. And he also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I gained two other talents 
besides them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few, over a few, and I'll make thee ruler over many things. Enter into um, uh, the joy of the Lord. And then he which had received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, gathering where thou hast not um, um, strawed. And I was afraid and went and hid the talent in the earth. Lo, there that has, there thou hast, that is thine. His Lord said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knowest that I reap where I sow not and gather where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to put my money to the exchanges and then at my coming, I should have received my own with usury. Take therefore a talent from him and give it to the one which are 10 talents. Amen. Yeah. Like I said, it's quite an interesting read, but it is um, a, a description of the kingdom of heaven. It's a description of the kingdom or the Christian folk. It's a, it's a description of what is going to happen at the end of time. It's a description of what is still happening in our days. And so I want us to just lift some few principles out of it to see how we can make a difference with, with our gifts. Now it says on by saying that the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country and he called his own servants. Now, one of the things that we need to know is that the kingdom of God, the body of Christ, the Christian um, body is full of talents. There's no question about that. The giftings that we read of in the scriptures are still existent. The gifts that we're giving out of the spirit of the Lord is still present, but we are not seeing the gift because we are not making difference with it. We have come to a point where we are using them as our personal property for our personal projects, building our personal empires. And because of that, we don't see that the gifts are making difference in our churches and across the body of Christ. And now he says this, he says, he called his own servant, for our gifts to make a difference, we have to know that we are only servants. Gifts are only available for servants. If you are a lord of your own, you can never make a difference with your gift. And Paul says that the life that I live, I live for Christ. He's saying that I don't own myself. I'm not the owner of my own body. And so he says he called his own servants. That is to say that I own your body. I own the life that you have. And so I want you to understand that you belong to me. Now, the problem is that we have become bosses of our own. I, it frightens me the way people talk about their gifts. As if they own it. As if it is theirs. As if uh, today I feel like prophesying. Today I don't feel like it. Today uh, I don't think. And they say, oh, prophesy. I say, I'm not going to prophesy. Today I don't. It's like as if he's being begged to use the gift. And so we need to understand that what qualifies you for a gift is that you are a servant. Gifts are meant for servants. If you are not ready to serve, don't ask for a gift. If you are not ready to serve, don't desire for one. And so he says his own servants. And so those of us that are listening to us, if you want to maximize your gift and make a difference with your gift, you have to start with a servant mentality. 
I'm going to serve with my gift. I'm not going to boss people around with my gift, but I'm going to give it. I'm going to serve with it. And so when gifts are given unto you, you have the mentality that I am a servant, not a boss. And then it says, and he delivered unto them his goods. So one, the vessel belongs to the Lord and the gift belongs to the Lord. But many a times we think that either we own our own selves or the gift is ours. And when we don't get the two right, then we can never make a difference with our gift. It is a gift. The gift of God is without repentance. God gave it to you. But always constantly have at the back of your mind, it is not mine. If you know it is not yours or it knows it's not ours, our attitude towards the gift will be different. And so he gave his own servant his own goods. So whether being a gift of prophecy, word of knowledge, whatever, ministry of the word, helps or administration, variety of gifts that we can show. Whether being any of these kind of gifts, they are not yours. You are only a steward of the gift. And so it belongs to the master. Yeah. Now, it's not just a coincidence that Jesus starts the parable by saying that he was the owner of the servants and he was the owner of the goods. Because that is the premise for any maximization of any spiritual gift. I am a servant, the gift is not mine. I'm a servant, the gift is not mine. So constantly, um, uh, regardless of the ministry that God has given unto you, you get up in the morning with this um, consciousness that I'm a servant and a gift is not mine. So when you have a privilege to share the word of God, when you have a privilege to minister healing or to minister deliverance or whatever to somebody, it's always in your mind. I'm a servant and the gift is not mine. And then he goes on and he says, and unto one he gave five talents and to another he gave two and to another he gave one. Now, many a times when we read this, we might, the first impression is, why would the Lord be so differentiative in terms of how much he gives them? each of them. Why didn't he just give everybody the same? Now the Bible talks in, in Corinthians chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 when he's talking about the gift of the Spirit. He says there are diversities of gifts. There are varieties of gifts. The same Lord, the same Spirit. I believe that it's not just about the quantity, but it is about the, varied, uh, the, 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 the differentiation or the variety of the gifts that were uh, given. So he gave one five. He gave one two. And it gave one one. And so the problem is that you cannot make a difference with your gift when you try to compare. Because what could be the case is that they might be probably saying, but Lord, you gave this one five. How come you are giving me two? Why come, how come you give me one? You can never maximize your gift when you compare them because they are not the same. And so the principle that Jesus was also emphasizing here is that our gifts are not the same. They are diversified in nature and they are diversified in terms of uh, the, the impact that is meant to make. And so we should be careful not to compare gifts. They are going to be different. They are going to be of a different kind, but it's the same Lord. But he said that the motive for the gift to be given in that ratio is that 
they were given according to their several ability, several ability. One thing that I, I believe, which the Bible makes it very clear in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7 and 8, the 7 says, but to every one of us is given grace. Every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. And so there is a connection between your ability, your grace, and your gift. The two Gs are always connected. Your grace and your gift. Now, you can never make a difference with your gift when you are applying the wrong grace to it. So you've been given a grace and ability to prophesy, for instance, or to teach the word of God. And you are forcing upon yourself with that same grace to operate in a different gift. It won't work. And so the Bible says that it gave unto them severally according to the ability, according to the gift or the grace that came with the gift. And then the Ephesians 4 verse 8 that I made reference, it says, wherefore he said, when he ascended up on the heaven, very similar to the Lord going away on the travel. And it says, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. And so Jesus has given gift. God has given gift to us. And we need to know that there's a strong correlation between the gift and the grace. Because when we put aside the grace, the gift cannot make a difference. And when you have the grace and you are not applying to the gift that is associated to it, we will never make the difference. And so he says, severally according to the ability. So those of us that are listening to us um, this afternoon, morning, depending on the time that you are listening to us, you need to understand that you have a unique grace. The other day I was talking about the, the, the grace differential. The grace differential are meant that graces are so different depending on your gift. And so we need to find the unique nature of our gift the unique nature of our grace and then apply to the gifts so that we can make the difference. And then it says, after he's given, then he straight away takes on to his journey. Now, what amazes me about this parable is that the master did not tell them what to do with the gift. He did not tell them. He didn't tell that you can put it in the bank. He didn't tell them you have to invest it. He did not tell them anything. So that is where the question is. How do you deal with the gift and the grace that God has given unto you? It means that you need to be able to find a way to utilize it. And the Bible puts it in a nice way in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14. It says this, Neglect not the gift that is in thee. He's saying to Timothy, Neglect not the gift that is in you, which was given to thee by prophecy and with the laying on of hands of the presbytery. And so it means that we have the grace, we have the gift, and it is our responsibility not to neglect it. Yeah. So many a times we say, that, oh, we are gifted. We know the gift is there, but we are not sure what to do with the gift. If there's anybody hearing us, and you are beginning to realize that you always had a gift, but you've not used it right from your, your young ages and now you're getting older and you still not made any difference with a gift. 
I pray that as you are listening to us, you begin to go back to the Lord and say, God, you gave me this gift. You gave me this grace. I'm not sure what to do with it. And ask God to lead you and direct you as to how you can make an impact with your gift. Amen. But I'll say this in a person, that for your gift to make an impact, it has to start on a small scale. It has to start from your family. It has to start from your local church. It has to start from your community. But many a times we become so um, overwhelmed by the fact that where do we start from? And so because of the fact that we're not sure where to start from, we don't even dare to use it at all. But we have to know that if he gave us the gift, then he can give us how, the knowledge on how to use the gift or to make impact with the gift. Now, the Bible says that the one that received five talents went and traded with the same gift. So it means that the gift that God gives us is meant to be traded with. It has to be activated. It has to be applied. It has to be used. And so he went out and traded with it. Not to, not to say that he was literally making money out of it in terms of our spiritual gifts. We cannot make money out of our spiritual gifts. But let, before our coming on, uh, Pastor Aris was saying that um, the gift takes you uh, to the presence of kings. It takes you to the presence of nobles. And so um, the gift itself has a way of generating a source of blessing or resource or a source of um, money, whatever it is, but it is not for that purpose. But the trading up with a gift is the using of the gift. So there are spiritual exchanges that we do with our gifts. So for instance, the Lord brings somebody into your life. Your person is depressed, emotionally down, and you apply your gift. And what your gift does is that it trades off that sorrow in exchange for the message, the grace of God, and the joy of the Lord. And so he kept on trading with a gift, applying the gift. You can never see your gift multiply unless you trade with it. You can never make a difference with your gift unless you start using it. And so the Bible says that he traded with the same, with the five, and he made other five talents. So it means that gifts are meant to grow. And they can only grow when they are utilized. Gifts can only make a difference when you say that, God, I'm not going to sit down, but I'm going to get up. I'm going to be active in the things of God, active in my local church, active in my community, active in my family. Get myself busy with the gift that you have given me. If you get up with such a mentality, then the gifts begin to expand and to grow. Many of us, our gifts are being of the same magnitude and size since we got it. So for the last time, all that we do is just pray for um, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. We've never graduated in our prayer life. All that we do is just go evangelism once every month or once a year. All that we do is to just minister for somebody or pray a prayer of healing for somebody occasionally. But we need to be growing in the gift. And I believe in that. Because if you have the gift of healing, and you prayed with someone that had headache and it worked, then your faith is increased. And then you can believe God for something else. And very soon, God takes you into realms where through your gifted, people with cancers and tumors are healed. And so I believe that we need to make 
uh, progressive um, steps concerning our gift. He traded and more was added. He invested and more was added. It also means that we need to invest in our gift. How do we invest in our gift? You pray into the gift. You pray into the gift. You stay it up. And so 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. 2 Timothy 1, 6 and 7 says, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance, so you can forget that you have a gift. That you stir up the gift of God. You stir it up. How do you stir up? You stir it up with prayer. You stir it up by growing the gift, reading resources and books that are going to feed into your area of your gifting. Because you can never make a difference with your gift unless it's stirred up. And so it's very possible that gifts can be in there. The grace is there, but it's not stirred up. And so Paul was very clear to tell Timothy that I know there's a gift there. Hands were laid upon you. There's a gift that you need not to neglect, but rather you need to stir it up. So you get up in the morning, in the course of your day, as you spend the night and wherever you are, you pray and say, God, I know that you have given me a gift. You have blessed me with this vision of setting up this radio. And Father, I know that is something big and global. And so God, give me the grace. Stand me up and let me be able to make a more impact. And I, and I believe that God is speaking to each one of us just as we are talking about this. And it says, which is in thee by the putting on of hands. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. So how do you stay up your gift? By dealing with the spirit of fear. In the same passage, you see that the man was confessing, the one with one talent. He said, I was, I was afraid. I was afraid. That is why my gift did not make any difference. I was afraid. And so Paul was telling Timothy that God has not given you the spirit of fear. Get it out there and trade with it. Get it out there. Don't let anybody intimidate you. God has not given you the spirit of fear but he has given you power and he has given you love and he has given you soundness of mind. Now in the, in the presence of these four things, the gifts begin to be active, trading. In the absence of fear, in the presence, <clears throat> in the presence of power, in the atmosphere of love and in sound mind, four things. Yeah. If you want to trade with your gift, Make sure that fear is out the window. Make sure that you are not out in touch, <clears throat> outside connection with the power. And if you want to trade it off, make sure that you are doing it with love. Many a times our gifts are not, uh, are not expressed in love. No, we express it out of pride. And uh, we, don't, we don't do it because we love to do it, but we do it because we want to show off. It's a sound mind. When your mind is right, I'm not in competition with anybody. One of the things that the Spirit of the Lord was dealing with me concerning was the fact that I, I come from a family of pastors. I've got three older brothers who are pastors. And um, one of the things that the Lord was dealing with me concerning whatever God wanted to use me for was the fact that I don't have to prove my point by myself to anybody. I don't have to try to prove anything. I'm not in competition whether within or outside my family. I'm just being frank with myself and just doing what God wants me to do. And that's it. And when you have such a mentality, then the gifts begin to trade off. You are in business. You are in activity. 
Amen. And so the Bible says that, and likewise, the one that had received two, he also gave work and gain of the two. So increases are always bound to happen when the gifts are used. Increases or increase or expansion of your gift always happens when it's traded with. But he said, the one that had received one went and digged in the earth and he hid his Lord's money. Again, the word they, his money, his goods, his own servant, emphasis. It says it is not yours. And so you don't treat it as something that belongs to you. And the Bible says he was actually, literally speaking, he was also investing the gift, ironically. Because more or less, if it's a seed and you bury it in the ground, it's meant to grow. But he had a different concept of how gifts have to be handled. He literally was burying it, knowing very well that it's not a seed that will grow. But he was hiding it. The Bible says that he was hiding it. And it was a deliberate effort for him to, um, to, to, to be hiding it. It wasn't just out of ignorance. He was hiding the gift. So for those of us that are listening to us, probably because of fear, probably because of the fact that you're not sure whether you are capable of doing it. Because sometimes you think that, oh, I'm too immature to go out. I'm, I'm not too skilled enough to start using my gift. I have to wait until I'm very skilled enough. I have to wait until I have one or two opportunities. I probably had one talent. Probably if I had five, it will work. Or probably if I had two, it will work. And so he will hide it. For some of us, probably that's the reason why we've not used our gift and made difference with our gift. Because we think we are not skilled enough. Just go out there. Pray and say, God, it is not my gift. It is your gift. Give me the skill. And just as you begin to exercise the gift, then you are increasing. You become more skilled. You become more empowered. You become more equipped. And then you function even on a higher level. But it says, after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and he asked them to give an account. That is a very scary bit. We might say that, oh, but it is mine. I chose not to use it. And if I didn't use it, what is the point? I mean, there's nothing so um, special about it. And there's no um, heavily expectations of my gift. There is. He came and says, I have expectations of your gift. You are meant to account for the gift. And we will have the mentality of making a difference if we know that we are meant to account for our gifts. Many of us, we think that, oh, I mean, it is just praying. It is just evangelizing. It's just ministry of health. It's just that. He doesn't, heaven is not concerned about it, but he's, he is. God is concerned about it. And we are going to be accountable. And so he came and he says, and so he that had received five came and brought uh, other five talents saying, Lord, you gave me five and behold, I've gained five more. Such should be our impact. Such should be the difference that we will make. He says, you gave me five and I've doubled it. The question is, have we doubled the gift that God has given unto us? Because he's a lot of increase. He's the one that expects fruits 
No wonder he had to curse the fig tree because the fig tree had not advanced in terms of the, the nourishment that he has received. And so he cursed him. And so I cursed it, sorry. And so we need to be able to grow with the gift. And he says, I've added five more to it. And he said this, he says, well done, good and faithful servants. Pastor Aris, you want to say something? No, I'm just sat here enjoying it, thinking this is so true. Praise God. You know, how many people just, you know, because they're too shy. Mm. Mm. Raised up and given that confidence in the first mm. Yeah. Quite Praise God. Praise God. So we need that confidence to be able to, to function. And I like the phrases that the master used. You know, you use exact same words for the five and for the two. So it doesn't matter. I was saying that you will be probably a bit more generous with the phrase concerning the five. But the ratio was the same. It was doubling. So sometimes we say that, oh, we need to have a, a bigger congregation. We have to have a bigger church to make a difference. It's not about that. God has his own ratio of measurement. He said exactly the same words. Well done, good and faithful seven. And so God is expecting faithfulness. If we're going to make a difference with our gift, we have to be faithful. And the word again there is servant. That's what we started off for. So it is service. God says faithful in service. Faithful in service. And then he goes on and says, because you've been faithful with few things, I will make you a ruler. So your gift, when it's able to make a difference in the lives of people, brings about promotion. It's not a promotion first. Because as we can see later on, the one that was given one was thinking about where the reward would go. He says, I know that you're a hard man and you always harvest where you've not sown. And so he was thinking about the reward. But the person with five and two were not thinking about the reward. They were thinking about the gift and the responsibility that they've been given. When you are thinking about the gift and the responsibility, the reward comes. But when you are thinking about the reward, you will never get to make a difference with your gift. Because the one that was given one says, I didn't do much with it because I was thinking that the harvest will go to the master. And I will do the hard work and he gets the benefit. And the reason why a lot of ministers are not making impact is that they are concerned about their rewards before the work. They put their rewards ahead of their responsibilities. But it has to be responsibilities and then rewards. Commitment to the giftings and then rewards. It says, because you've been faithful with little, I'll make you ruler over many things. And it says, enter the joy. There's an excitement that comes when we are able to make a difference with our giftings. He says, enter the joy. And those of you who are listening to us this hour, probably you've not, find, you've not found the joy of ministry yet. The reason why you've not found the joy of ministry is that you are not making a difference with your gift. But if we begin to make a difference with your gift, there have been certain times in the past where I've gone to preach in places and there's been impact. And lo and behold, you know, I'll go and preach there and I'll be thinking about whether there's enough petrol in my car to get me home. 
but yet I'm excited. Even though I'm not sure whether I can afford petrol to get me back, but I'm excited because there's an impact, an everlasting impact in the lives of people. It says, enter the joy of the Lord. And he said the same thing to the one that had doubled the two. But when it came to the one with one, he says, I knew that you were a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not strawed. And I was afraid and I hid it. The Bible says that he was described as a wicked and slothful servant. And it says, if you knew that, you would have probably just invested it in a bank and reaped a return. He says, at least you could have found a way to increase or maximize or make a difference with your gift. But the scary bit is that he said, take the talent from him and give to somebody else. For some of us, we may come to a point that we feel like our giftings have been taken from us because God is never short of resources. When Elijah went and said, Elijah went and said, but I'm the only one said, God says I've got thousands. There are thousands who are ready to take up the mantle and do the things for God. But remember, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of sound mind and of love. Four things that are needed for us to make a difference with our gifts. God bless us. Amen. 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 That was really interesting. Yeah. Mm. As I said before, some people don't realize they've got a gift. Mm. Other, other, and, and because that's been suppressed, they've been suppressed mm. by oppression. They get mm. age when they think, well, it's too late now. Mm. They, they give up their dream. It's like a dream, isn't it? Mm. They aspire to, to be, be or to become. Mm. That's what I've found is that, that people now come to the stage, well, it's too late for me. Mm. And yet this is the most amazing time when mm. you're in life. I think because you, you've just learned so much more, been through so much, had that experience, that your gift ought to automatically start mm. But most mm. people, Solomon, Solomon, they go home, close the front door. And it's that gift of fellowship yes. that needs to be a, to do the stirring. We mm. need fellowship, even in our own yeah. home. Whether that's so you have people over on a regular basis, the right, you know, the right people to to get around each other and support each other. And that's yes. also very important. Very, very, very important. I mean, one thing that was actually uh, I was thinking about is how the, the one with one talent was blaming the master in advance. Yeah. You know, we, we've been so busy trying to find fault for not us being able to use our gifts. Mm -hmm. It is because of A, because of my past experiences because of how I wholeheartedly saved somewhere in terms of ministry. And I was let down so bitterly. And so because of that, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go out again. I'm not going to do what God wants me to do. And we find reasons in people. But God wants us to understand that it's not about people, but it's about the gift that he has given you as an individual, as an individual, as a servant. And we have to maximize that gift. We have to come to a point where we are making an impact. He says, you are a hard man. That means that he, he was concerned about how, 
how he was going to be treated after he's done all the hard work. And, and, and many of us, we are not making a difference because we are concerned about people's reaction towards us, whether we are going to be liked, whether we are going to be disliked, whether we're going to be praised, appreciated, recognized. And because we can't take these boxes out, we are not ready or we are not even willing to get up and trade with our gifts. But God says that it is not about anybody. It is about us knowing the gift that we have, knowing the talent that God has given unto us, taking up the talent, whether it's one, two, or three, or five, whatever it is, don't compare. Just know that it's given according to your grace. Find the grace, dive into the grace, stir the gift up, combine the grace and the gift, and that will yield to the maximization of your gift. Always mix up the grace and the gift. You know, one of the things that I... Um, uh, I was sharing with our with a with a pastor recently is the fact that we had a common friend or we have a common friend which um, we, we we've known we've known for years and we are talking about the fact that even though he was gifted but it looks as if that over the years his word base has not increased with a gift and so he still began to say things which are not scripturally based and we're concerned about that and he was saying that he tried to talk to him and only to realize that he was being quoted by him on the radio. And so every, nobody is able to give him any advice because he will try to embarrass you as being envious of his gift. That's why you're speaking that way. But constantly he's embarrassing himself by the utterances that he's making. And so we need to combine and, and with the grace and the gift and grow with the gift. Because when we grow in the gift and with the gift, the presentation and the, and, the, and the expression of the gift or demonstration of the gift comes with such maturity. Maturity comes over a period of time. We desire for maturity and nobody gets it finally. We are all changing. We are all progressing. And until Jesus comes, it's not finished yet. So if you're on level three, desire for level five. If you are five, desire for level eight. And we are progressively becoming like Christ. And, and not because Paul says, I don't, I don't see myself as having uh, um, apprehended, but I beat myself. I'm always teaching myself. I'm always growing. And that is how we have to treat our gifts also. Amen. That's very, very true. And mm. it takes you back really also to the destructiveness there is in the mouths of other people. Mm. When you can feel so down and mm. unworthy, and, and you, in a way, we allow people to do that, but we can we because we accept it, mm. and, and then we think it's impolite yes. to, you know, to wait. Like you wait, you know, your turn will come, and you're still waiting twenty years later, and nobody steps up front and says, no, "Excuse me, I've got something to say here, and it's really important." You know, I would like you to test this, and they go, "Oh yeah, yeah, mm, well, yeah," if that's what you think. And that is so damaging to that person that really needs to be up and being productive. Mm. And so a lot mm. of it, when, you, when you come into church stuff, that's where a lot of this uh, oppression is. And even the Bible says, doesn't it, Solomon, that mm. many, many a good shepherd has spoiled my flock. Yes. You know? And so 
I can go back to when I started before, well, yeah, just when I started the radio and I explained my vision and I was told, oh, well, if that's what you want to do, you, you can do anything you like from your own home. We don't want to know. We, we, we don't want to do that. Hmm. But you should be in my prayer cover. Hmm. And I held them to it and I kept on. And, and then I got an award for, or the radio got an award. And, and I, I took it into the church. I said, look, pin it on your wall, on the notice board. Can I put this on the notice? Oh, it's nothing to do with us. I said, I'm a member of this church and it's to do with me. And hmm. I want to pin it on that wall, but I want your permission. They did better hmm. than that. They took it and laminated it. A copy for me and a copy for themselves. And it is pinned up on the notice board. But if you don't take that attitude, you don't have to be rude about it. You know, mm. you have to be decisive. In, in, and, and also, you have to know that you're just not thinking these things. Mm. And it, that it really is something you've been called to do. How mm. are you going to know if everybody pushes it down? Mm. And then you've got, on the other hand, where the Bible says you don't cast you at your pearl before swine. Yeah. People don't believe you and can't celebrate you. You need to find the, the people around you who will. Mm. I think that's yeah. the best advice you can give to somebody who hasn't done it yet. You know, yeah. hey, come on, get on your feet, go and do what it is you feel in your heart is doing. I mean, just as you are saying, I was wondering where the, the people, the seven that had the two and the five ta the talents. How far they were from the one that had one, and whether um, he was motivated or they felt um, that they had to encourage him to do um, what he, he had to do. But like you're saying, we have to surround ourselves with people that are positively going to speak into our lives. However, we have to be convinced of what God has called us to do. Like you said, you're not making it up. It's not something that you're just making it up, but you're convinced within your spirit. And when you're convinced within your spirit that this is what God is giving me, this is the gift that I have, going all out with prayer, going all out, if it means fasting, if it means seeking the face of God, and just sell yourself out and say, I'm going to do it no matter the cost. And it will pay off. It will pay off. Yeah. So go. God bless all of us that are listening, that are, are, are struggling within themselves, that I have a gift, I have a ministry, there's something I want to do, but, but I'm afraid to express myself. I, I don't think I'm equipped enough. I, I don't think that I have the right mindset to do it. But I mean, based on what we've shared and what we're talking about this hour, you would know that God has a purpose for you. And if you know that you're seven and you've been given a gift from the master, He's also giving you a grace for the gift to function. Then just go all out. And God will cause you to make a difference with your gift. Mm. Amen. Go for it. Amen. Well, Amen. our time once again gone. It amazes me. When God is involved, it is such a blessing. Amen. You just see, you're just like moving with it. Amen. The Holy Spirit guide, and, and it's been such an exciting journey so far. You know, I'm going to celebrate my 80th birthday tomorrow. I actually celebrate. Oh, wow. Yesterday. Wow. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. I celebrated it with some friends, and 
Now, now this is another thing I mean, a circle of friends that I never even assumed to be a part of, you know, to a couple of years back. A wonderful, and, and Jeff as well, birthday dinner, and we came home loaded, absolutely loaded with parcels, a cake this big, you know, huge. Wow. That. We're going to go around some of our friends that, that are a bit housebound at the moment. We're going to take them a great big slice. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, and those are the sort of things that, that we're talking about. It isn't just a question of, of opening your mouth for the Lord. It's being, yeah. It will bring you into connections. If you allow God to lead, it will open the doors to the connections that God needs you to have to make that gifting work. Mm. Absolutely. That's true. Amen. That's true. There we have to leave it again, Solomon. Sorry to say. Uh, yeah. It's been wonderful having you on the on the program. Yeah. And um, we'll be next year now, I suppose, before we'll be back. My goodness, it's going to be Christmas yeah. in a few weeks. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah, we know. We might squeeze in one next month, ready for January. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably, yes, yes, we can. Okay. We can. I'm going to say bye bye to everybody now. And I do promise you this we will definitely be back. Regardless, we will be back. Okay. Bye bye, everybody. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Many, many, many angelic encounters of the God kind. Hello. Bye bye. Bye.